This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. The big games for both our local teams as we, we start the final hour. With a little potpourri here. So here's what's at stake for the Jets uh, tomorrow afternoon in Foxborough. A win gets you into first place, and it would be the latest that you have been in first place since 2010. A loss drops you all the way down to last place, so now you're staring up at two teams that you've already beaten in the Bills and Dolphins, and then one team, uh, probably the worst of the three teams, that has now swept you in the New England Patriots. Jets right now 2-3 and three at home. This is a road game where they've fared better so far this season. So maybe that works in their favor tomorrow. The Pats, though, have won 13 straight games against these Jets. The last win for New York coming, remember, that 2015 overtime uh, game, the coin toss, where the the Pats win the the coin toss and inexplicably decide to kick off to the Jets, who march down the field on the strength of Ryan Fitzpatrick. And Eric Decker uh, catches that overtime. 26-20 was the final score. The Jets win the game. So that's the last time they've beaten New England. Should have beaten them a couple weeks ago. But Zach Wilson just couldn't stop throwing the ball to the other team. Hopefully that's not the case tomorrow. In his career against New England, where he's obviously 0-3, seven interceptions, two touchdowns, hasn't scored more than 17 points. So there are a lot of numbers working against the Jets tomorrow. But what should be working in their favor is simply they are the better team. Uh, the defense it gives them an opportunity to win every game against every team they could play in this league. What happens is you get behind the eight ball when your quarterback doesn't take care of the ball. And so far this year, we've seen the propensity for him to give the ball away. Uh, he's got six games this year, five interceptions. I guess the good news is that all of them have come in two games. So he's actually played four pretty clean games. And we're, we're looking forward to tomorrow being more of the same. No Corey Davis. Uh, we know that Brees Hall is out for the season. So that he's down two of his weapons for tomorrow's game. But you still have Garrett Wilson. You still have Elijah Moore, who they're now moving to the slot. You have Braxton Berrios. You have your two tight ends. You have Michael Carter, uh, who helped win that game against the Bills last week on that final drive. So the Jets have enough offensively. Uh, to give Zach Wilson an opportunity to kind of spread it out and, 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 and make some good things happen in the passing attack. But we know they will rely heavily on that defense. So that's uh, as you know as important of a game for the Jets as we can remember because the stakes are what they are. First place with the win, last place with the loss. Meanwhile, the Giants, trap game situation at home against the Lions, I, I'm trying to figure out why this line is only three points, but I, I would imagine it's because the Giants in nine games this year have played eight uh, one-score games. The one that was not a one-score was the double-digit loss in Seattle right before the bye, but this is a team that is not winning because of an overabundance of talent. It's great coaching. It's mistake-free football. You are running the heck out of the ball with Saquon Barkley. Daniel Jones is controlling the tempo and making big throws, and the defense is going to shut it down late in games. So that's how the Giants are you know, being successful this year. 
don't look past this game because the Lions can beat you. Uh, they've won two straight against the Bears and the Packers, and I know those teams aren't good, but still two, two tough divisional games. The Lions have won. They can score points. You don't want to look past this team because the Giants simply aren't good enough to look past anybody. You've got to play a full 60-minute affair with great coaching, great defense, and an excellent running game, just similar to the Jets, in order to, to, to win games. And why they will be looking ahead is because they've had a big, 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 big one on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, against the Cowboys in Dallas, which, I mean, they win this game tomorrow to improve to 8-2. and two. You go to Dallas, and it is the most anticipated Giant game since 2016, that playoff game against the Packers. So that's going to be exciting from a football standpoint. And then all around week 11, it, it's so funny. I, as a Jet fan, I'm marveling at you look at the slate. One of the biggest games the Jets are playing in, when, when does that happen? Jets-Pats becomes a big game. You get a 6-3 and three versus a 5-4 and four team, that's a big game. Giants-Lions, a big game for the Giants. Um, but it, you should be able to take – care of business in that regard we spent a lot of time also talking about the Knicks because we're wondering about you know what's going on with RJ Barrett I know he's sick but at some point like we're asking from Zach Wilson we need to see signs that the next level is coming and it has not come 25% from three on the season not good not good for RJ Barrett 25% from three not good at all we need to see more we expect to see more because R.J. Barrett just got paid. Didn't get paid to shoot 25% from three. Didn't get paid to shoot 39% from the field. Those are the worst numbers uh, of his career. And look, 16 games played on the season. Got a guard against overreacting, but we do have to analyze and assess matters as it presents itself. So more concerning uh, last night between the Knicks losing that game in in, in Oakland or San Francisco now, or or R.J. Barrett continuing to struggle, we're going with the latter. R.J. Barrett struggles, very concerning. One to touch on the Yankees as well because you have um, Aaron Judge winning the MVP this past week, received 28 of the 30 votes. Two went to Otani, and apparently the, the two votes that came in for Otani were from voters out in California. I, I watched Aaron Judge lead the American League in home runs with 62, with, which set an American League record. RBIs, slugging percentage, on-base percentage, OPS plus, total bases, and play stellar defense in both center field and right field. That's what I watched for a team that won 99 games and finished in first place in the American League East. That's what I watched. I watched Otani have an excellent season but for a team that didn't play a single meaningful game the last four months of the year. So if you're going to talk about valuable, I, I don't even think this conversation was all that interesting. And the voters said as much. You had two who voted for Otani. But this didn't become, this became a conversation that wasn't at all interesting anymore. Judge was the runaway MVP, and it wasn't even close. And team success has to matter because when you te- MVPs help tell the story of what happened that season. And it was an Aaron Judge story. It was a Yankee story. Him helping this team that, you know, started to fall off of a cliff at one point, And he had to come in there and save them. They ended up winning the American League East. So, I mean, to the voter who decided Judge wasn't the most valuable, uh, the two voters, I don't know what you're doing. 
uh, as far as the how this goes, you know, in contract negotiation wise, you know, this is gonna land in judges' favor because he becomes much more expensive with this this cachet of winning the MVP and the, the type of season that he had after betting on himself. But when the question becomes who needs who more, does Aaron Judge need the Yankees more than the Yankees need Aaron Judge? I think that's an interesting conversation. And uh, Aaron Judge actually was on the MLB Network uh, this past week and spoke about winning the MVP award. It's tough to put in words, uh, man. It's, it's it's an incredible, incredible moment. You know, a lot of hard work <laughs> throughout the years to, to get to this point. You know, I got a lot of a lot of people to thank. You know, I go back all the way to coaches and, and travel ball to Little League, high school, college. Guys I've worked with through the minor leagues, major league, man. This is, you know, I always feel like any award you get, it's never an individual award. It's it's a it's a team effort, you know, through and through. And uh, it's, <laughs> this is, it, mean, it means a lot. It's, it's a, an Aaron Judge-esque answer. He, he's always looking at team first. He's a team guy. He's not selfish at all. He bet on himself and he won. But, and, and when he wins the award, He's reflecting on how the team has helped him. And it's why if he's resigned, the Yankees have to make him captain. He's just a great guy. He's a great teammate. People love playing with him. Aaron Boone, listening to you know his spots on the K-Show throughout the season, raves about Judge. Not just because of his performance, but because how good of a guy he is, how good of a teammate he is. Brian Cashman, though, was asked, is there now more pressure to sign Aaron Judge because of him winning the MVP? I don't think there's any more pressure on us than there already is. He, I mean, the season he had, whether he won the award or not, the season he had, you know, he's been our, our team leader and our best player. So, you know, we do definitely feel the pressure, and rightfully so. He bet on himself this spring, and it really paid off. And that can go a lot of different ways, but he made sure it didn't go a certain way. He made sure it went nothing but north. And so uh, we had the magic carpet ride regular season with him doing what he did. And we wish we could have gotten farther in the postseason, but there's still work to be done, and we like to do that together with him, meaning continuing to pursue that world championship dream and get another trophy for this franchise and certainly want Aaron Judge to be a part of that and, and if, if he's willing and, and we can find common ground you know, despite the competition then there's more work to be done together and we hopefully we can do that together but he's put himself in a great position to have a lot of choices so got to give him the time to play that out and, and he'll do what's best for him and his family. Well, two things with that. Yes, there is more pressure to sign him uh, after winning the MVP because it's not just the award, it's what he did this past season uh, because to tie into it is number two in him saying that the, the goal is to you know pursue a championship. What is the path to doing that that doesn't include Aaron Judge you know, playing right field for the New York Yankees? How are you getting closer to a championship without Aaron Judge? So yes, there is more pressure to sign him now that he bet on himself and won. It's going to be an awful PR look for the Yankees if they allow this guy in his prime, who everyone loves, who who's coming up one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen, or at least in recent memory, to, to walk and him sign elsewhere for more money. Because people already think the Yankees are cheap. And, you know, they're top five in payroll area. But it's not just about being top five in payroll. To me, it's about how you're allocating your finances. And, and sometimes it just feels like the Yankees aren't doing that correctly. Josh Donaldson making all the money he's making. IKF just signed a $6 million contract, and fans hated it because we, we, we got enough of IKF last year. He should not be the starting shortstop, starting shortstop for the Yankees next year. That should not happen. But as far as Aaron Judge, you know who needs who more? I think the Yankees need Aaron Judge more than 
Aaron Judge needs the Yankees. He's going to make a ton of money wherever he goes. He's, he's going to be a star. Now, is it going to be the same level of star power in New York as it would be in San Francisco? Of course not. But if the Giants are put together a competitive team and they're able to win championships, then that's what he wants. Because in his comments this week, he said it's about winning championships. It's about going to a, a team that is going to put us in best position to win championships. Uh, and he wants to be a part of a winning culture. And wherever that is, that's going to be something that uh, we have to pay attention to. Because if he leaves the Yankees, then... Uh, I don't know that they're putting a contender together next year. Because with Judge, yes, they are a contender, but they've fallen short. Without Judge, I mean, how far are they? It's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Meanwhile, uh, Kyrie Irving is supposed to return tomorrow for the Nets as they take on the Grizzlies. The Nets have been playing much better basketball as of late without Kyrie. If the season ended today, which would be weird after... Uh, 16 games, they'd be the 10th seed. But how it started and, you know, Nash getting fired and then the whole Kyrie Irving controversy, they seem to have weathered the storm. They're now 7-9. and nine. They've won six of their last 10 games. They had the buzzer beater win against, or well, it wasn't a buzzer beater, but, it, you know, in the waning seconds uh, of the game against the Blazers, uh, Kevin Durant missed a shot. Royce O'Neal tips it in. They get the win, and they seem to be playing better, seem to be playing with a lot better energy, defense, uh, outside of that game against the Kings. What, they gave up 150 points? That was embarrassing. That was embarrassing. Uh, outside of that, the defense seems to be playing better as well. Meanwhile, Kevin Durant uh, had some comments about, you know, his teammates, essentially saying, like, what do you expect me to do with this cast of characters? Uh, what do you expect me to do? You got You guys are putting pressure on me because... Of what? Because you want me to go out there with Claxton and, and Royce O'Neal and win a championship? That's what you're expecting, expecting me to do? He, no. he. So the comments was, look at our starting lineup. Edmund Sumner, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, Nick Claxton, and me. It's not disrespect, but what are you expecting from that group? You expect us to win because I'm out there. And he was right. And everyone ripped him. Not a leader. Why would he say this? It's so funny. We... We we want our athletes to be honest. We want them to be candid. We want to, them to give us the answers to the questions that we're asking. And then when they do that, we criticize them. Oh, well, MJ would ne I, I saw someone say this. She's not a leader. MJ would never say this. Oh, the same MJ that during practice punched Steve Kerr in the face. Yeah, he would never he would never trash talk a team. He would never talk, you know, unfondly of a teammate publicly. He'd just punch him in the face. That's what he would do. So I didn't understand the criticism. He, he, Kevin Durant is saying what we believe. When you look at a lineup and look, Sumner, O'Neal, they both have played well. Claxton actually looks really good this year. When you look at that lineup, you know, Watunabe scores 20 points. When you look at the lineup that the Nets are sending out there, the only reason why we would expect them to win a game is because they employ Kevin Durant. So... He's being honest, and it's something that we all believe. So the criticism of him just never made sense. But speaking of Kyrie Irving, he, for the second time, he offered an apology. And this actually came to us courtesy of SNY. Here was Kyrie Irving apologizing for his comments. I don't have uh, hate in my heart for the Jewish people. 
um, or anyone that identifies as a Jew. I'm not anti-Jewish or any of that. Um, and it's been difficult um, to sit at home with my family, um, with them seeing all of this and having questions. And, um, you know, the part that, that hasn't been hard is explaining myself because I know who I am and I know what I represent. Um, but I think the, the difficult aspect is just uh, processing all this, uh, understanding the power of my voice, the influence I have. Um, I'm no one's idol, um, but I am a, a human being that wants to make impact and change. I'm sorry to not only the Jewish community, but to my family members and to my relatives, uh, because they know I stand for something bigger, and I'm grateful now I get to explain myself. So he comes out and apologizes, and look, we commend him for showing some level of contrition and you know being mature enough to 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 come out there and issue the apology and and finally be able to get back on the court with his teammates. But Kyrie, this is something you should have done immediately. Admit that you didn't watch the film that you retweeted. You come out, you apologize, and we're not talking about this anymore. Now, maybe we would have still been critical of him because, you know, it's irresponsible as a guy who thinks he's smarter, you know, than Albert Einstein and wants to sit up there and, and school you on, on everything. But if you would come out and immediately apologize, we would not be talking about this anymore. And the fact that the matter is, it, this, this is a fan base now. And has watched you in 2021 take a random hiatus for for no reason. It was a lot going on, and you just stopped playing basketball. 2022 had the vaccination issue, where you didn't want to get vaccinated, which is your choice. But in a professional, in a professional league where you're a teammate of other people, who are depending on you, their livelihoods are depending on you. I mean, that's all the way down from you know G GM, head coach, head coach. Assistant coaches, players, everyone's depending on your availability, and you decided not to make yourself available. And now this year, you get suspended because not only did you retweet something that was ignorant and that was heinous, but in being called out for it, you were talking down and condescending, and you were unapologetic about it. All you had to do was apologize. You didn't want to do that, and then you became unavailable for your team for the third straight season. So it's going to be interesting to see how the crowd reacts to him He's obviously a talented player who is going to help the Nets win games, but he's just got to be better. And the fact that it took this long for you to apologize, uh, I don't know. I don't know. That That's just not what we were looking for. That was just not what we were looking for. Al in the Bronx wants to talk. What's up, Al? Hey, what's going on, Ty? Um, real quick, if you don't mind, I'm tired of you being a DH. It's time for you to be in that starting lineup on a regular basis, man. We, well, love, your, we love your show, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate the love, bro. So listen, Ty, we gotta we gotta really be serious about the Knicks, man. Um, we need to call them the East Coast version of the Kings. I mean, oh, I'm just no. I'm just tired of like, and I'm even disrespecting the Kings by even saying that because it seems like they have a formula. They know how to pick point guards. I mean, they went and they had Fox, but they still took Mitchell and they still took Halliburton. It's like I'm tired of, you know, what's really killing me is like I, back in the days, my uncles is telling me how the Knicks was good in the 90s. Oh, you don't know what the Knicks was about. And it's like for the last 20 years, I've been just seeing hopelessness. It's like every single year you get yourself so high and then all of a sudden it's like they keep shooting you down, man. It's like I don't know how to handle this as a Knicks fan. And the guy that you had talking before, 
you should, I mean, I know you being nice and all, but sometimes some people are a little bit too delusional about the Knicks. <laughs> you know, yeah, you got to you gotta really sit there and say to yourself, they're letting us down. I mean, we're put. you know, I, 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 I put the jersey on every time they play, man. And it's like sometimes I look at this jersey and I'm like, yo, what am I doing? It's not worth it. It's, it's not, not it. man, and and you know what? How can how can how can you sit sit up there and say Barrett? He he's this and he's that. Barrett is who he is. If we had John Morant, we wouldn't be saying nothing. We wouldn't even know who Barrett is. You think Memphis would be that good with 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 Barrett? No, no they wouldn't. And that, I mean, the reality is, and I appreciate the call. Uh, appreciate the love. Uh, let's not be disrespectful and, and call the Knicks the kings of the East. The, the kings haven't made the playoffs since 2005. The Knicks at least have playoff appearances uh, since then. They got the 54-win season in 2012. They made the playoffs a couple of years ago and, and were the fourth seed. So the, I wouldn't go as far as to, to call them the kings of the East. I, you're being a little emotional right now because there's a basketball team you love and you're winning a jersey every game and you're, and you're being let down. So I understand that. But you are right in expecting more. You're expecting more out of this regime because we were told it was going to be different when when Leon Rose and Worldwide West and the, you know this it this brain trust came in and so far what has it netted? Well, the biggest free agent you got was Jalen Brunson. Uh, you've you've made the playoff once. I haven't won a playoff series, so it really hasn't netted anything that you can be excited about. That's tangible. Really hasn't done much of anything. So I understand you being upset. Um, I understand you being emotional about it. And every Knicks fan has a right to feel that way because you expect better. And it's not like you know, it's all doom and gloom because you look at them and it's like they're 8-8. Eight and eight. But what's a realic- realistic expectation for this team? What's the realistic ceiling for them? W- what do you see happening going forward? You think they're going to make a run? You look at the top of the Eastern Conference. Are they are they in in the conversation with those guys like the Bucks and the Celtics, and the Hawks, who I just watched win on a game winner, beat the Raptors at the buzzer, devastating game for the Raptors. But are are they those teams? The Cavs, Sixers when they're healthy, even the Nets. No, they're not those teams. So I I. I understand why you're frustrated more of your phone calls coming up i see them coming at 800-919-3776 ty d butler twitter on instagram uh we'll get to those phone calls about the knicks about the baseball aaron judge and we will do one last look at week 11 in the nfl coming up right here on 9870 spm this is the ty butler show on 98.7 espn Aaron Judge, is he on the move? Hopefully he comes back. That would be that would be sad and anticlimactic for him to have that type of a season with the Yankees and then bounce to San Francisco. Nobody wants to see that happen. Richard in Florida, what's up? How you doing, man? How you doing? I'm I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'll try to go through a couple of these real quick. I mean Aaron Judge thing, I you know, everything you said, you've got the whole situation, you know, portrayed accurately uh the one thing that i was never going to understand is how why they trifled with that arbitration stuff with the 17 million versus the 21 million that part risking aggravating him over that uh, that's still to me an underreported undercovered story like that 
never going to make sense to me why they would have risked, you know, insulting him with that part. You know what yeah, I'm talking about, I, right? I, I, yeah, yeah, that happened, you know, during the arbitration hearing that they had where I, I mean, he was on Zoom, and I think they settled at, what, $19 million. So I think it will become a talking point. Let's just say judge bounces. I think that is going to be becoming a talking point, you know, whether or not he because felt disrespected he, by that. Because he's a great negotiator because, he like, he's just so chill. Like, he does, you know, he's a, he's a poker player. Nobody knows what he's thinking, you know, He's playing it off like that's no big deal, but for all you know, that's the thing that's going to come back to bite them in the ass. And no matter what, there's nothing that anybody could say to explain the logic of, of running the risk of aggravating that player over that amount of money. Something else about Judge that I find really interesting. During the year, it was I, I don't know if somebody mentioned a statistic where he struck out, he had the low strike called on him more, like below the, below the cap because of his height more than any other player in baseball. And now that he's like an absolute superstar, like a made man, I'm wondering if they're, if they're going to say, look, we want, you know, don't, don't be going out of your way to like call this guy out. Like what I'm saying is he might just hit the home runs a year going forward. If the strike zone changes a little bit for him, because apparently he's been They like the umpires were not doing him a solid on that at all. I don't know if you heard anything about that. Yeah, it was frustrating um, to watch that, Richard. I appreciate the call. You know, the low strikes. He's he's someone that is hard to, I guess, umpire because of you know the 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 strike zone changes because of how big he is. And you watch strikes, you know, at his ankles be called, and it's frustrating. I don't know if we're going to see him at sixty home runs a year. Uh, credit to Judge because remember, part of the, I guess, app. Part of the trepidation when it came to paying him was his inability to stay healthy. And the last few years, he's, he's been able to stay healthy. Uh, so you just hope the injuries don't become a concern. And it, you have to remember, too, as, as good as he was in the regular season, kind of disappeared in the playoffs. So the, the Astros and the, the Guardians did a great job pitching toward him. And you get the, the better pitchers who perform in the playoffs and you're facing more elite pitching, so that's going to work against you if you're a hitter. But I, 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 I'm not going to venture to say he's going to start hitting 60 home runs a year. Uh, still a couple segments left to play with here as we march toward 10 o'clock. Rangers Sharks coming your way at the top of the hour. Pat O'Keefe on the pregame call. Don LaGreca on the call at 10.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN. Well, sir, TV, you know, it's funny that you, that you mentioned that, man. Uh, Yesterday I went to the Laker game and I was kind of I had all right seats, but I was just uh, looking at LeBron. It's crazy, man. He doesn't touch no one. He's just looking at the game, looks at the crowd, looks at the game, looks at the crowd. When someone checks in, bumps him, sit back down. I don't know what's going on with. with I'm a Laker fan too, bro. But I don't know what's going on with that team. But hey, um, now Aaron Judge, man. Um, Aaron Judge. Uh, I called uh, earlier this week for uh, with Larry and Gordon uh, after that post game speech he had with uh, with the MVP. I think that was really, uh, really. I mean, the way he just did it, man. You just, you can't hate this guy. This guy's perfect, dude. I think he's better than Derek Jeter. I mean, Derek Jeter was monitoring all these chicks and everything, but this guy is just—he has his wife, he has his family. He's focused. He knows what to do. We gotta sign this guy. Uh, Yesterday, the Dodgers uh, released uh, Bellinger. 
No, I got all these Dodger fans all around me. Oh, bro, we didn't sign Judge. Oh, stop it. Realize, oh, well, yeah, what you going to do when Judge comes to L.A.? Stop. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's going to sign back with the game. I know it. I know it. Man, we got to sign Judge. That's all I got to say. And also, think, oh, another thing, what do you think about uh, just the Yanks uh, getting rid of Donaldson, man? Eating up his contract. The hell with that, man. Like, what, what do you think about that, TB? Yeah. And oh, one more thing before, man. Um, that other guy was right, man. You can't be on the bench. You got to be on the starting group, bro. You need your own show once again, TD. Thank you so much, man. Have a good night. I appreciate the call as always, man. Uh, just to work in reverse order, Donaldson, you, you can't release him. He's, he's got a, a base salary of $21 million. It, it's going to be hard to find a trade partner. I, I think he's going to be your, your starting third baseman next season. And it, it sucks because you when you brought him in here, you thought that he could channel his inner – what, 2014 was when he won the MVP? You thought that we could see some semblance of that. He was going to have some big home runs. And you and the Yankees were going to be involved in the playoffs, so he could come up and be clutch as a guy who's been there and done it. Uh, but you just haven't gotten anything offensively from him. He had two walk-offs, and then it just felt like nothing else. Like the only, It felt like Josh Donaldson had two hits all of last season, both of them were walk-offs, and then the rest of the, like he just didn't do anything else outside of play stellar defense, which he was tremendous defensively, but... Um, that's not going to happen. Cody Bellinger got non-tendered, so they didn't release him. They just non-tendered him, and now he is a free agent, so he's you know free to go and sign wherever. Dodgers, I think, will make a play for Aaron Judge, just like the, the Giants, and the Yankees will have some competition as far as his services are concerned. But the number one priority, so they got Rizzo back, they got IKF back. The number one priority is to sign Aaron Judge. Like, if we are in the business of winning and contending for championships, Aaron Judge has to be there. And, you know, we, we talked about his press conference or you know, the interview he did following winning the MVP. He is he's like Derek Jeter. He he always has the perfect answer. He's going to big, big up his teammates. Not going to make it too much about himself. And he's just always going to be fundamentally sound when, when it comes to giving that, like, great PR answer. That's who he is, and I think if the Yankees do give him a long-term contract, uh, what's quickly going to follow is him being named the captain of this team. First captain is Derek Jeter, which would be a prestigious honor. What a guy. We wrap up with your phone calls, 800-919-3776. Quickly look around, you know, week 11 in the NFL when we get back, right here on 9870 ESPN. I do want to go through the Week 11 slate. Uh, not a lot of sexy games. Bears-Falcons, uh, Justin Fields has been playing very well as of late, so we want to continue to watch him develop. But for the Falcons, this is actually you know, a pretty big game. They're 4-6, and six, just a game back. Still could win that NFC South division. That has just been dreadful. The Bucks starting to play much better. They're on a bye this week. Uh, but the Falcons got to keep got to keep on winning if they have a shot of winning that division and getting into the playoffs. Browns, Bills, so this is a game that has been moved to Detroit because of all the bad weather in Buffalo. The Bills looking to end that two-game losing streak. They lost to the Jets uh, on a final field goal uh, on their defensive possession. Josh Allen had a chance to win the game, but uh, couldn't convert. Then they blew a 17-point lead to the Vikings last week, which was just a mess for a team that we 
Well, all we heard was they're going to win the Super Bowl, so they got to find a way to get back on track against a Browns team that's not good, just waiting for Deshaun Watson to get back. The Bills are eight-point favorites in Detroit before playing again on Thanksgiving against the Detroit Lions. Meanwhile, the Eagles uh, looking to rebound from that loss where they kind of got robbed against the Commanders. A couple of bad penalties were called. Goddard's now in the IR, so that's a big loss for that offense. Uh, the Eagles, though, there is a world that exists where they could go from flying high, 8-0 and undefeated, to being in third place in their own division because the Cowboys and the Giants are right behind them. So they got to keep winning games. And if you look bigger picture and you suspect that they will find a way to continue winning, it's the Vikings they have to worry about for that one seed because the Vikings continue to play well and the Vikings also have just one loss, more on the Vikings in a moment. Meanwhile, Jeff Saturday was keeping receipts on all of y'all who said it was a disgrace that he was getting a head coaching job, uh, having never gotten experience as an assistant, uh, going from TV analyst just to the head coach. Won his first game last week against the Raiders. Colts are 4-5-1. and one. Matt Ryan back as the starting quarterback. So uh, they look to can make it they look to make it two straight wins tomorrow at home against the Eagles. Jets pass we've talked all about it's the biggest game this team has played uh the Jets have played uh, in 7 years. You beat the Patriots and that 13 game losing streak you're in first place. If you lose, you are in last place. Uh stakes don't vary and you know it, it doesn't get much more variant than that when it comes to the stakes. Not a lot of variance uh you can come out of uh, with that first place to last place. So big game for the Jets tomorrow. Rams-Saints, not a sexy game at all, but Matt Stafford is coming back. The worst season on the Sean McVay for the Rams. So how do they respond to that? They still, I guess, technically have a shot to make the playoffs at 3-6. and Got to start winning games immediately. You get your starting quarterback back in there, but they just don't look the same. My hot take before the season was that they were going to miss the playoffs because I thought that elbow injury was going to affect Stafford, and I just didn't think that you know losing Von Miller, losing OBJ on offense, I, I didn't think they were going to have enough to contend. And what I thought was going to be a loaded NFC hasn't been the case, but the Rams do continue to struggle with Matt Stafford coming back tomorrow. So that's good news for them. Lions, Giants, a trap game for New York. Got to win this one because Thursday we get to have some fun on Thanksgiving. Giants, Cowboys, big game, big, big, big game. But it starts with beating the Lions tomorrow who come in winners of two straights. Two straight games over the Packers and the Bears. Ravens and Panthers. The Ravens, quietly, just one game back of the one seed in the AFC behind the Chiefs, who are 7-2. and two. So there's still a chance they could get that first round by. And I know they've been banged up, and it's, the defense hasn't been what we expected it to be. Lamar Jackson started off hot this season in his contract year. And, you know, they blew a couple of fourth-quarter leads that we were going to put on him, even though the defense was blowing it. But a chance for the Ravens to keep up with the Chiefs uh, at 6-3 and three right now, looking to get to 7-3. and three. Meanwhile, the Commanders, they're, they're still in this thing. Like, we, we keep writing them off, but they're not writing back. They're 5-5 five and five after that win against the Eagles. They played a 1-7-1 and one dreadful lowly Texans. So you expect them to get to 6-5. and five. And they're going to still be alive and well, not just for the playoffs, but I guess technically in that NFC East race, though, there's four games behind the Eagles. So, Commanders, go Commanders. The Raiders-Broncos, before the season, we thought this was going to be one of the elite games on the schedule. 
It's a Fox 4 o'clock game. Raider, this this division was supposed to be special. Russell Wilson on, on the Broncos, Devontae Adams with the Raiders, and combined they are 5-13 and 13 on the season. So I guess technically the Broncos uh, still have a, a puncher's chance, but it will start with a win tomorrow at home against the Raiders if they are to have any shot of sneaking into the playoffs. Then you've got the Cowboys and the Vikings, a line that I don't quite understand. The Vikings are at home. Giving the Cowboys a point and a half. Dallas coming off a pretty pathetic loss to the, the Packers. They were up two touchdowns and, and found a way to lose that game in overtime. Uh, you can put it on the quarterback. You can put it on the coaches. They lost the game, and now they go to Minnesota, and they're favored, which I don't understand. Uh, Kirk Cousins and the Vikings continue to play well. I, I guess that the argument would be Minnesota should have very well lost that game to Washington two weeks ago. Should have lost last week to... Uh, the Bills, Justin Jefferson made one of the best catches we've ever seen. Then Josh Allen fumbled in the end zone. So a lot has to go right for them to win their last two games. They could very well right now be 6-3. and three. And the Cowboys are still a pretty good team. Dak can shake it off and you know find a way to get this win, keep up with the Eagles because you got a big game coming up at home against the Giants on Thanksgiving. So this is one of the marquee games tomorrow, the CBS one, 425 Cowboys and Vikings. Bengals Steelers. This is about the Bengals finding a way to become the team that we thought could win the Super Bowl. Uh, can they find a way to do that? They who they play last week? They they just blew them out. They were up what thirty five nothing at halftime. Uh, they beat last week. They beat the Panthers. Yeah, that was a thirty five nothing game at halftime. That was dreadful. But uh, got to find a way to become the team that we thought could contend for a Super Bowl. Chiefs Chargers is the Sunday night affair. Uh, Chargers, if you have any shot of winning this division, it starts with winning this game tomorrow. They're coming off of a loss. Meanwhile, the Chiefs employ the MVP of the league right now in Patrick Mahomes. So that should be a fun one on Sunday night football. Before we wrap things up with the Niners and Cardinals on Monday night, San Francisco, a team that could come out the NFC. So that's the intrigue there. That's your NFL Week 11 slate. We wrap up with the phone calls. Alex in New Jersey. What do you want to say, Alex? What's up? Hey, man, thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. No problem, man. Talk to me. So listen, um, this game tomorrow, this is this is this has all the makers of being um, one of the biggest Jet games probably ever, at least in recent memory. You know, the Jets finally get – you know, a, a coach that seems like he knows what he's doing and he can motivate his guys. A defense that looks like top three caliber. You know, the team is coming together. But it's in typical Jeff fashion, you know, the the question, the quarterback, you know, what is Zach Wilson going to do tomorrow? You know, everybody said how big of a game uh, this Buffalo game was. But in my opinion, if they would have lost that game, everybody expected them to lose. You know, so it's amazing that they won the game. And it showed, you know, how much talent is on this team. But can they go into Foxborough? Zach Wilson just manage the game, and they get this monkey off their back. You know, they absolutely you- can. And I appreciate the call, Alex. It's not the biggest game ever. I mean, they played and won a Super Bowl. We saw them in back-to-back AFC Championship games. But it, it's definitely one of the biggest games we've seen in quite some time. And Zach Wilson has to come out and, and show that he can become the quarterback that the Jets need him to be. Football fans, it's not too late. Sign up for Cover 5, a free-to-play pick'em game for season-long fun, and compete against your friends, your rivals, and your favorite 98.7 ESPN host. Pick five games each week, and the best score against the spread wins. 
$100. Join 98.7 ESPN League with the code NY22 on the Cover 5 app and Cover5.com. Visit ESPNNewYork.com for full contest rules. And by the way, this season marks the 50th anniversary of New York Islanders hockey. To help celebrate, we're giving away tickets to the November 26th matchup against the Philadelphia Flyers at UBS Arena. To enter, download the free ESPN New York app, scroll down the contest, and submit your entry. Brought to you by the New York Islanders. Join in on the fun this season by grabbing your tickets at NewYorkIslanders.com. For full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. One minute left in the show. I am back with you tomorrow night from 9 to midnight. The hope is that we will be reacting to what was a monument to win for the New York Jets in Foxborough. The 13-game losing streak against the Patriots is over. We finally get to stick it to Bill Belichick. Zach Wilson plays well. The defenses forces one or maybe two, a couple turnovers. They forced three last time they played the, the, the Pats. Mac Jones threw a couple of picks, and they had a strip sack. But that's the hope. Tomorrow we get to react to what should be a big, big Jet victory. They improved to 7-3. and three. They're sitting in first place. We get to enjoy our Thanksgiving. We are thankful. We are thankful. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for the Jets being in first place if they win this game tomorrow to improve to 7-3. Thank you to Chantel. Thank you to Jacob. We had a blast. Phone lines, callers were awesome. Hit me up on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler. Twitter and Instagram, Ty D. Butler. Rangers Hockey coming up next right here on 98.7 ESPN.